Deline Bray is reporting for duty. The Hard Rock of Fitness and Food Education. Fasten your seatbelt and hold on your carrots. You're listening to the Lean Braze radio show at theleanbraze.com. We are Avengers of Health. Welcome, Braze. I'm Ron Jones with Evan Strong world-class uh, para-Olympic athlete, and Eric Kenyon, one of my strong first buddies from up in Northern California. He's a top trainer up there in that area of the state and in, in the whole country, for that matter. And we're the Lean Berets, and we're going to talk about uh, balanced training, not just for world-class athletics, but really for the general population. I think Evan's story is quite inspirational, and uh, what he can share with, with not just you know, people want to go to the podium, but people that just want to get off the couch, I think it's really powerful. So welcome to Lean Braze, Evan and Eric. Thanks so much for uh, taking a few minutes out of your day to be with us. Good morning. It's good to be here. And you guys are up in uh, Northern California, Nevada City, right? That's yeah, right. right on to Nevada. Right on. And, right on. And Evan is getting ready to take off tomorrow for the Olympic Training Center. And, and I read on your website, Evan, that your your goal is that gold medal at the Russian Games. Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely my goal is a gold medal at Sochi at the Winter Paralympics. Um, I'm definitely, through a lot of my good training and good knowledge of health and well-being, I've gotten to achieve every other title besides that one. So this is kind of the quintessential kind of buckle down and focus so it's definitely been a fun journey awesome and we're, we're going to really wrap in the holistic lifestyle to this show because obviously evan's a world-class athlete but we're going to dig into that and and get his opinion on um you know what it takes to build that that balanced athlete and like you said he, i'm just going to read a couple of things here off his website he's a para snowboard cross world champion uh, winner x games gold medalist and adaptive border cross eight-time world cup gold medalist Para snowboard cross, and now he's on his way to the Russian Olympics. That's that's his goal. He wants to get a gold medal there in para snowboard. And his trainer is Eric Kenyon, strong first instructor. Eric, does this guy train hard, and what does he do? Um, yeah, he sure does. And uh, I think, as you know, <laughs> I just told you about this. Uh, Evan was coming down uh, to meet me for a session, strength training session. And uh, a truck knocked him off his bike. It was a hit and run. And uh, Evan arrived for his training session uh, covered with blood. I saw and, the uh, photo, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, after we uh, washed all the road off of him, he did his session. And I think that little incident sort of encapsulates, encapsulates Evan's um Evan's quality as a competitor. And I think he's he's unstoppable. Indeed, and and <laughs> uh, you know Evan is a is a a Paralympian type athlete. So he he That's lost right. he lost a leg um, in a tragic accident. Well, we we'll say tragic, but it interestingly ended up forming who he is today. And he can better explain that than us. But um, he took a motorcycle ride, I guess, when he was seventeen in Hawaii, and some uh, guy. Uh, drunk hit him, and he ended up losing his leg. And I, I guess, um, Evan, at the time, you were actually a, a pretty hardcore skateboarder, correct? Yeah, so all through my growing up, I've always been really into sports. It's been the thing that kind of makes me click, makes mm -hmm. me feel alive, uh, what fills my cup. 
So um, from a young age, I picked up surfing, living in Hawaii, and then I picked up skateboarding, and that really took off. And uh, my ability started to get higher and higher, especially because I was so addicted to it. I would do it all day long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually started to um, at a high level, started getting supporters and started doing demonstrations for those supporters, those sponsors. And uh, from a young age, I always wanted to be a professional uh, athlete. And uh, at that age, I wanted to be a professional skateboarder. Um, and then, yeah, that one that one morning coming home on my motorcycle and a woman coming in the opposite direction, she was driving around 65 miles per hour. Um, she went to actually light a cigarette. And uh, her window was down. Instead of rolling her window up to be able to light her lighter, she put her head behind the dash and, uh, and veered into my lane and hit me head on. I was probably going like 45 in the opposite direction. Wow. Around 100 feet from my bike and uh, my whole left leg was a compound fracture from the groin down. So for one, not just lucky to still be here to right. talk on the phone with you guys, but to be athletic and active and do everything and still pursue the dreams that I had. So, um, but that definitely comes down to your disciplines of your your well-being, your exercise, your diet, all those things. Kind of cool that I get to share some of this with uh, the listeners. Indeed, and uh, just just in the last few hours, you got hit again and dusted off and finished your training session with Eric. I mean, that's just. You know, so many people, uh, we try to get people inspired to, you know, exercise on a regular basis and eat better. And we're going to address both those today. But on the exercise side, you know, you lost your leg. And it's, I've, um, I've been around a couple of the Challenge Athlete Foundation people. That's something that you've been involved with. You can chat about that a little bit today. Uh, I do the course photography for the Badwater Ultra Marathon. And Chris Cosman oh, of Adventure cool. Corps is a is a good friend of mine, and I know a guy named Chris Moon. I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's missing a leg and an arm. Yeah, that one that name's not uh, ringing a bell, but yeah, I've done the uh, the San Diego Triathlon Challenge. I've done the bike leg, um, I think six times. Wow! And it's really amazing because I get to fundraise money, I get to come out, I get to be in this great environment, have a lot of like-minded people, a lot of people that went through the same thing as me, but they're thriving because of it. Um, and the cool thing is, is they flew me out to the event when I was still on crutches within the first year of my accident. Really? And just to, just to watch it, they put me up in the hotel room, they fed me the whole nine yards, so like, just come out and watch. Hmm. And I got so inspired, I'm like, I'm going to come back next year, and I'm going to do the road bike leg, and I'm going to fundraise money for you guys. And then I, I came back the next year. Did 56 miles in three hours and 14 minutes on an extremely hilly course, and I was so amped that I actually set my best time my first time, and it took me all the way up to my sixth um, time doing it to actually beat it again. Wow! So, um, so I was—it's been a really great, great organization that the Challenge Athletes Foundation they give grants to people and uh, and. Uh, that are injured to get back into sports, giving them some support and help and stuff like that. So it's really cool. Yeah, it's a it's a wonderful organization. We'll make sure and hook up that link. And you're still very involved with them. Are are you able to work with any uh, uh, younger kids that have went through some kind of tragedy like that? Yeah, besides my athletics, what I do um, uh, mostly besides that is uh, I work with 
two nonprofits, uh, Adaptive Action Sports mm-hmm. and Chaplain's Athlete Foundation. Both of their uh, mission statement is to uh, create opportunities with people with physical disabilities to get back into sports. Um, Challenge Athlete Foundation is going to be more triathlons, track and field, marathons, um, things like that. But Adaptive Action Sports, where I do a lot of my work, um, caters to people wanting to get back into action sports. So our big, our two biggest ones are going to be skateboarding and snowboarding. But we've done everything from rock climbing, downhill mountain biking, uh, rally car racing. Um, and, yeah, we just basically get to take out uh, younger kids that might have a prosthetic or some physical challenge. And then we get to take them out on a skateboard, bring them to the skate park and learn them how to ro- teach them how to ride around or take them up on the slopes and teach them how to teach them how to ride. And all these things really kind of uh, bring uh, the human back to the person. Mm-hmm. Um, when somebody experiences a heavy amount of trauma, that trauma is kind of like uh, the memory is stored in the cells. But when you um, get to move in a, a new, radical, different way, you actually get to shake that off, and I see people coming back to themselves in an afternoon of sports. And and before they came, they're depressed, they're not feeling optimistic, they're not feeling confident about themselves. Um, sometimes they have like a hard time looking somebody in the eye. But then like after an evening of snowboarding, they're they're excited, they're happy, they're telling me about what what they want to do, their hopes and dreams, what they want to do when they go home, and like giving hugs and like things like that, and um, and we just call it sports. And it's just kind of getting to heal people by playing, and it's really effective. Wow! Um, I think it might be effective than talking about your problems to a professional or something. The the, the power of movement, and do you think, um, and both you guys, do you think that has a carryover to the the general population? Just if we can get them moving in 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 some kind of exciting way. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Um, you know, it's a beautiful thing that, that Evan just mentioned. And um, right away I was thinking, you know, uh, even people who uh, who have all their parts, right, they don't, they don't have any special trauma that's knocked them down, uh, I see them having a very similar experience. Um, just in my group classes I see things like that. I see transformations. Um, and, uh, you know, where, where Evan is with the, uh, with the, uh, uh, injured kids, that's, that's where it's really, um, it's really, really highlighted, mm-hmm. um, that sort of, uh, the joy of movement, how movement, um, uh, movement can, uh, sort of erase, erase sadness and depression. I, and, um, I it think can, it can bring joy. Yeah, and I think this is really an overlooked point. If you if you look at um, the rates of depression in the country, and then you think about how much people sit behind a computer under artificial light inside of a building, mm-hmm. not outside. I mean, you guys are in a beautiful area of California, so you know what kind of mood enhancement that is to go outside and train. But I uh-huh. think um, as we move forward and look to solutions um, for healthcare in this country, you know the the mental part of regular physical exercise is, is grossly underestimated. You know, I think there's just a, a... You got it wrong. I think Evan really touched on something special there that we want to highlight uh, in this show when we, when we talk about the liner notes of it because 
you know, not just for those athletes injured, but just for everybody coming off the couch and getting involved. Hey, let's dig into um, a little bit of tech talk because I'm also, uh, I have a background in uh, kinesiology and kettlebell training. And, and, you know, we've been talking a lot about uh, classical physical education at the Lean Berets lately and, and form and structure. And, and, and Eric, your business is called Form form is function and the, the website right. is kettlebellform.com so you're all up on the form and the structure how do you work with someone like evan who's missing a limb and that part of that structure is gone just in terms of weight balance i mean do they make the prosthetic to be the same weight as the real leg do you have different weights of legs that you use evan depending on what kind of event you're doing i mean i have no idea how does that work um so i have multiple legs for um, now they're basically just turning into different extensions of my sports equipment. Mm-hmm. So um, my walking leg is actually about half the weight of a leg, the limb below the knee. So I'm actually lighter in my walking leg than I would before. Hmm. Um, it doesn't really throw my, it doesn't throw the gait off. It doesn't make me feel unbalanced or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have, like, my snowboard race leg that has a shock in it, so it's a lot heavier, but it's made to take a lot more abuse. Mm-hmm. And I just got a new running leg that is those carbon fiber um, blade or carbon fiber bow legs that are shaped like a C. They feel like a trampoline. Right. So that's what that's Eric new- had. Uh, that's what uh, um, uh, Chris Moon had in Badwater. He had that, that kind of C blade-looking thing. Yeah, it's like wearing a trampoline around. And that's even lighter than my walking leg. And um, then I have a rock climbing leg, and that's pretty light. But um, no, all my prosthetics are actually lighter than my other limb. So it's actually made me lighter. Man, um, this guy's got a satchel of legs with him, man. He just picks the one <laughs> that he needs to go with, and it's on. I have, a, I have this really <laughs> cool leg that I use for road biking. And wow. all it is is a carbon fiber, like, thing. Mm-hmm. So it's aerodynamic, and there's no foot, no hardware, no metal. It's just carbon fiber. It's the socket that I stand in, and then a, a, a wing that goes down to a cleat that clips into the pedal. And, man, that thing weighs, like, a pound. It's so light, and I can get ripping on a bike with it. So the technology, I mean, I was talking to Chris Moon this summer out in Death Valley. The, the, you know, last few years, it's really ramped up, hasn't it, for the prosthetics? Oh, oh yeah. Definitely really exciting time right now. There's a guy, a prosthetist, he's an amputee also. Mm-hmm. His name is Hugh Herr, mm-hmm. but he's getting really into the artificial intelligence um, side of things. So I know within my lifetime, I'm going to have, I could be able to be in a, and a leg that is going to move, act, feel like a real leg. Um, but for me, how active I am, um, I'm in the tried and true kind of all mechanic, no um, artificial intelligence, just because with my walking leg, I can walk into the Yuba River, walk to the other side, and get on the out and get out. And my leg isn't broken. Um, my leg is dry, it's still attached, mm-hmm. nothing short cricket. So. Uh, mine are just very tried and true. I wouldn't call it primitive, but it's there's no super bells and whistles. It's just pretty good. pretty reliable equipment, which kind of leads me into the next point I wanted to talk about with Eric. You got this guy that walks in your <laughs> your uh, training facility, and he's missing a leg. I mean, had you worked with uh, someone missing a limb before? And how do you? 
I mean, you mentioned that he's doing some uh, Olympic deadlifting and kettlebell swings. I mean, it, or do you have to make special adjustments for that, or what's what's the deal? Without giving up trade secrets, of course. I mean, what yeah. what, are, what are the basics? Well, you know, um, I'm going to preface this by saying that I often forget that Evan missing a leg. Mm-hmm. Um, he he's so athletic and so um, adept, and he's so tuned into. Uh, being very skillful on how he uses his his prosthetic, I often forget. And um, but when I first met Evan, I had already you know been in the business for uh, 13 years and had worked with people who were injured. You know, and you know Evan's injury is not different in kind from other injuries, mm-hmm. say like a, a replaced knee or a, a replaced shoulder. And that we just have to make adjustments, mm-hmm. and um, we we keep it simple. That that might be the that might be our battle cry. <laughs> the secret to our success is keeping it simple. And you know, I'm I'm aware that um, for many years now, forces have been going through Evan's body asymmetrically. Exactly. And you know, he's seen a number of body workers over the years, and. Uh, he's pretty smart. He's kind of an expert on himself mm-hmm. and on his own athletics. You know, so we have a lot of conversations on the subject. Evan also has a a pretty good uh, body worker, uh, massage therapist named Cassidy, who's actually one of my assistant instructors. So, um, you know, that's one of the things that he gets uh, sort of even himself out because. Almost everything he does has that asymmetrical quality to it. It's it's not quite natural. Right. Um, but uh, you know, as far as like um, what you would call like movement dysfunction issues mm-hmm. that you might really expect to be cascading through someone's body when they're missing a lower leg, Evan not that bad. Mm. I mean, when I first met him, his shoulders were a little bit restricted, mm-hmm. right? We use the arm bars, mm-hmm. waiter walk, simple stuff. Right. You know, simple SFG stuff. Right. And pretty much resolved, actually. Um, and that's how we do. We just we just take it, uh, you know, a problem at a time. Okay. And it works. The same thing that works for everyone else works for Evan. So what, Eric, for, for the people listening that might not have as much exercise background, I mean, Eric's talking about, you know, when you're missing a leg, the, the shock force you get taking each step brings a lot of force through the body and and if you have a different kind of a limb um you know it changes the amount of force I, i'm assuming and so people can create uh, an imbalance of muscular strength on one side versus the other and and sometimes that can end up winding fashion kind of wrapping people in a in a distorted way so that body work that evan's getting is is trying to counter that so he doesn't get kind of twisted um and then of yeah, course definitely the, the balance strength one training. Really, yeah, go ahead. Sorry about that. Um, one thing that I really um, need to focus on is is when I am going to go do a lift or a swing or something like that. I really put it uh, become aware that I'm putting equal weight on both feet because mm-hmm. definitely wearing a prosthetic, the your good leg automatically wants to overcompensate for the prosthetic. So even if I'm you see me, we're hanging around, and we're standing around, you'll probably see me stand onto my right leg, onto my good leg, 
and that's like an unconscious thing. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to go do a deadlift or a swing or a push press or something like that, and I don't have 50-50 weight distribution on my feet, right. I'm going to fall over. Right. So, um, so that is something I have to be really conscious of so I don't create weird funky balances. Well, that's cool. It sounds like, you know, from what Eric said, and, and you too, Evan, then you've, you've got it dialed in pretty well. And at the world-class um, snowboarding level and skating level, um, do you guys see a lot of people using the kettlebell and, and some of the other modalities that we're using, like the FMS and things like that? I'm, I'm seeing some using kettlebells, but everything I've learned from Eric um, and proper form they're doing it so wrong. Mm-hmm. It's so it's um it's kind of scary watching how people do things out of the Olympic training facility. Right. So, well, that's one of the reasons. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I want. I've followed Eric's work for years. We've we've known each other for a while, and I I was excited to get him on the show with with somebody like you because I know what he's doing up there is really clean in the form side. And it, it was kind of funny because before the show we were talking about you know what does it take to be an Olympic athlete and get on the podium at the world games and it's they do the fundamentals better you know they're just better at the fundamentals you know and so um you know whether it be fundamentals of lifting or we can even take a big step back and let's talk about what's even more fundamental which is something really important to to evan and eric but uh the food part of it because your wife and you uh opened up a vegetarian restaurant up there in nevada city and what do you think uh you know, when you're getting ready to compete at a world-class level, how important is food to you, Evan? Well, I'm going to take a quick step backward um, and just kind of, kind of, kind of reinforce what you're saying is, is at a to get to a high, high level, mm-hmm. just do things, make things simpler, 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 more primal. Um, nothing so crazy, whack over the top. Mm-hmm. So, um, for exercises, it's the fundamentals, of course. And then for diet, I kind of approach it the same way. Mm-hmm. Simple. Fresh fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, uh, uh, like quality grains like quinoa, amaranth, um, millet, um, things like that, fermented foods like sauerkraut, miso. These are very simple, primitive foods that people have eaten forever. Right. They don't have a shelf life. They don't have artificial flavoring. They don't have artificial coloring. They don't have preservatives. They don't come in a fancy box that you can throw in the microwave. Um, you <laughs> um, just just eat fresh. For me, eat fresh. Eat um, just whole food. Um, I'm lucky enough that I have a garden at my place that I get to um, eat food right off my property. And uh, so for performance foods for athletes, um, and especially for me, what I'm liking is I use the blender quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely into the superfood movement right now. So right, right. That would be, and uh, the definition of a superfood is it's a um, complete protein. It has calories, so it can give you energy. Um, but then there's a huge... Um, array of uh, medicines like uh, vitamins, minerals, antioxidants, polysaccharides for the immune system, um, adaptogenic properties, 
things that will support and build uh, the glandular system, like the hypothalamus, um, the thyroid, different uh, the adrenals, things like that. And the amazing thing is, is you can just put it right into the blender, like do blueberries in the blender, do hemp milk, put some goji berries in there, uh, put maca in there, put some bee pollen in there, a pinch of salt, and some like local raw honey. Man, that's like some of the most amazing energizing recovery food that makes you happy, clear, and motivated. So and, oh. and I can literally spit off blender recipes for days. Wow. Um, I've got it. That's awesome. i got to hook you up with Kevin Rail. He's our Lean Beret uh, guy in Park City, Utah, and I saw on your schedule you're heading up there. So he's yeah, a, I'll be he, out there at the end of the month. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to see if you guys can get together because he's a huge uh, vegetarian uh, chef and uh, organic guy, and he's also Strong First and Primal Moose certified and Z-Health trained. So, Eric, if, if Evan needs anything in Park City, just oh, yeah. just give us the word, and we'll make sure it happens for him. You know, whatever excellent. he needs. Yeah, excellent. But the, yeah, the, the food is a, really important. I'm going to give a quick little secret. Um, I'm not too afraid to give it out because it's a, a little bit of a, a commitment to do. Mm-hmm. Is what they're finding through um, studies from coming out of nature, and now they're being applied into Olympic athletes, mm-hmm. are uh, pound for pound strongest animal mammal on the planet is a silverback gorilla um <laughs> they can bench press nearly 2,000 pounds mm-hmm. and they eat around 50 to 70 pounds of green leafy vegetables and the amazing thing is is a gorilla to a human's gi tract is nearly identical hmm. and uh and then when they found this out, they kind of thought about it like, well, what would happen if we brought in more green leafy vegetables into our diet? But the thing is, is a gorilla eats green leafy vegetables all day long. We don't have the luxury to go sit in the field and munch on greens all the time. Right. So what, what now Olympic athletes are doing are taking the blender, putting in a head of lettuce, putting some kale in there, putting some spinach in there, just any green leafy vegetable, and then you can kind of go two routes with it. You can kind of go sweet and add, like, fruit, like uh, pineapple, banana, and kind of go down the fat route. Um, another one I really like is to try to go down the flavors of, like, say, a soup. So you add something salty. I like to add, in, like, miso. Mm-hmm. Add something spicy. So let's do, like, black pepper and some cayenne. Um, add some olive oil. Um, and... And just kind of try to make it like a full flavor and blend it that way. But it gives a major, 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 major recovery strength element brought into your diet. Because you can put down a huge salad's worth of greens in one cup. Exactly, so, yeah. Um, it, it's a I, Popeye the cartoon. Mm-hmm. had a lot more truth. To it than <laughs> what most people would think. Um, I love it. Uh, Popeye's favorite superfood is spinach. Mm-hmm. And he's the baddest sailor <laughs> ever sailed the seven seas. And he's off to go uh, rescue olive oil. That's like one of the other most amazing superfoods on the planet. Yep. Their uh, kid is sweet pea. And then do you remember um, his name was uh, um, not Dopey. It was the guy in the business suit that would stumble around and he would ask 
if you give me a hamburger today, I'll pay you next right, Tuesday. Right, right. What was his Wimpy. name? Wimpy. Wimpy, yeah. Wimpy, yeah. <laughs> That's a great oh, point. He was, he was, yeah, he was the blockhead that would run into things and, like, I'll pay you next Tuesday for a hamburger today. So he was, like, the indentured servant that couldn't even keep his own feet in front of him. So, like, I I watched that cartoon growing up, and then until I got into health, I'm like, wow, that the, the cartoon artist had knew so much. It was really cool. We need, to, yeah, we he, need to research that show because they were decades ahead of their time, man. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's, it's back to primitive. That's the same yeah, thing. It's like, exactly. what, what's simple? Green leafy veg- vegetables are simple. You know, time-proof in uh, nature. Um, and I think people have known that you get strength, well-being, and great recovery from eating green leafy vegetables. So uh, the- that's a great, great technology yeah the word's getting out uh, at starbucks now I, at least in california they're they're selling these uh little juice bottles and uh i like to buy them because they don't have any artificial sugars or anything in them but you, you just look at the side of what's in that little tiny bottle it's all just fruits and vegetables that's it yeah. it's an amazing amount of stuff in there man in that little tiny bottle instead of you know mm-hmm. drinking some other kind of stuff that's full of chemicals it's all just fruits and vegetables yeah. And it tastes and the good. Cool thing is, is most of it is green leafy vegetables, right? And then only about a quarter of it is fruit to make it taste better, right? And um, I really like pineapple. It's really high in an enzyme called protease, mm-hmm. and protease is uh, an enzyme that breaks down protein. But whenever you have scar tissue, bruising, injury, the body uses proteins like a bandage. But it's very complex to assemble a protein, mm-hmm. but it's even more complex disassemble a protein. So what they do is they'll put up the sapling around an injury, but then leave it there because they don't have enough protease to break it down. So when you put in pineapple into your smoothie, mm-hmm. um, or if you just eat it, it's like putting in specialty uh, construction workers to go take down that sapling. So you're going to have better range of motion. You're going to have better circulation. You're going to recover from that injury quicker because there's less things obstructing it. So all these simple foods are have some powerful, powerful, powerful uh, health benefits. And the thing is, is most people believe that health has you have to eat things that you don't like. Like, <laughs> who, who doesn't like eating pineapple? Like, who doesn't like eating blueberries or fresh berries? Like, right. go find that fresh, like unadulterated food that you're excited to eat like right now figs are going off on my property and man i love those things figs are really like, healthy yeah hard not to eat them so um people's belief system that healthy food has to taste bad that's like 1992 like steel rice cakes you know yeah go ahead eric um i want to say something about evan's uh, restaurant yes please do it's a uh, that food is so good you wouldn't believe it. Um, I think people have this uh, prejudice that a vegetarian restaurant or a vegan restaurant it it's going to be nasty. It doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got to tell you, my wife and I are we love meat. Mm-hmm. The Fix that's Evan's family's Evan's family's restaurant called The Fix. That's our favorite restaurant. Yeah, you know, because here's the thing: it can, good food is good food, <laughs> and it and it's a, it's it's really from an enzymatic 
level, it's it's very alive, and uh, we got into some raw oh, you're stuff. Not kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Kevin Rails talked so good. Kevin Rails talked about this for years with me. You know, and just really opened me up. I've had a number of his vegetarian recipes from his new cookbook. It's coming out in a couple of weeks, and we've had a few parties, and and the neighbors come over, and and sometimes my clients, and the, this stuff's just devoured. You know. And it's also tasty and good, and it, it can be prepared really, really well. So, you know, the average person that, that you know, isn't a vegetarian can really enjoy it. So yeah. Oh, yeah. so I think the theme of the day has been, you know, just uh, real fundamentals here with fitness and food. You know, fundamental lifts, uh, you know, fundamentals of getting outside and, and creating some mood enhancement through movement, uh, fundamentals with, with the food, just fruits and vegetables and and real food that's not packaged and processed and stepped on with chemicals over and over and over. Yeah, we're definitely in an age that we like to try to get as complicated as possible, but we're it's not panning out and getting the results that we're hoping for, kind of like the Industrial Revolution. Right. It's really not cracking up to be everything that we hoped it to be. So but we can take that as a model and then just take steps backwards. Mm-hmm. And, uh and, and find where then what works and what feels good. And then once we actually have our feet on the ground and some good results, then we can move in a new direction and take something farther. So that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah, and we've been doing a lot of work on the historical side, as you know, Eric. So we're just, the, the more oh, yeah. we learn about the history of fitness and, you know, going back in the mid-1800s to early 1900s, when truly the, the most fittest Americans lived, and they, they had the lowest injury rates, too, if you really look at that. Um, there's yep. so much there we can learn with these fundamentals of body weight and, and uh, off-the-ground training methods with the pull-up bar and ropes and ladders and things like that. And just it's more fascinating by the day as we get into this. And I realize that a lot of times technology just seems to get in the way and becomes a, an excuse. Really? You know, Technology is cool. We're using technology today and, and the prosthetic devices that Evan has have opened up a completely new world for people like him. But boy, when it comes to training and eating, I think we need to keep it really simple. Yeah. yeah um, super complicated stuff is good when it needs to save your life. Yes. But on the day yeah, to day well being maintenance, mm-hmm. simple is where it's at. But speaking of that, I, I had to I had to I'm a big foot guy. I do a lot of work with foot fitness. So I saw that you didn't wear shoes in Hawaii for years. Your parents uh let you run around barefoot so i think that's a pretty cool thing i just want to make a comment on that man yeah um i read a really amazing book that just kind of validated um what i already knew mm-hmm. it's called born to run yeah that's a and, great book and uh and uh nike actually invented the heel strike run mm-hmm. uh, so assume it we only had big Heel cushion shoes maybe for the last 50, 60 years. Right. Most. Right. Uh, before that, we didn't have shoes for, we've been a species on this planet for 200 million years. We did fine. How many of us do you think we were wearing shoes? <laughs> right. Very small. All the other times, barefoot. Yeah, exactly. Uh, people have a belief system there's something wrong with our feet, so we need to wear shoes. But um, um, it's a a scientific fact that the more and more expensive high-tech uh, not the, like running shoe that you get, right. you have a higher and higher risk of injury. So, um, like, if you go in onto my Instagram or my Facebook and you see that photo of me running in my new prosthetic, mm-hmm. I'm not wearing shoes. Um, 
I do most of my training without shoes on. Um, I, I, the only times that I put my shoes on are when it goes into game time. Um, because your feet are like your hands. Exactly. But imagine if you had to do a bunch of pull-ups with big wool mittens on. It would just be kind of silly. Pretty hard so to do. So if you're yeah. trying to go, go for a run or do deadlifts or something like that and you're wearing big boots, it's kind of like the same thing of wearing mittens on your hands. It's just, pretty, it's just too much. Pretty key point coming from a guy that only has one real foot left. So you, if you think right. about how much Evan values his foot, singular foot, <laughs> and, and he's keeping the shoe off so he can have the best absolute performance out of that foot that he can possibly get. I, I mentioned this to some corporate clients the other day. I go, you know, at home, I train almost exclusively barefoot, and they kind of looked at me like I was from another planet. But uh, the idea uh, is, as you know, Eric, I mean, you've got to get yeah. that root into the ground. You're also into martial arts, so if you don't have a root, I mean, you know, it's not going to go well for secret, you. Another secret to strength, actually. And absolutely. Taking off, your, taking off your shoes, and of course, you know, Martial artists and, and acrobats and dancers have known it, you know, since the beginning, and they still know it now. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it's time for the rest of us to, to relearn that. Absolutely. So, exactly. So to, to kind of wrap up with a, a couple training things, you know, Eric's, uh, you know, you're working with Evan on the, the kettlebell swing and the, the deadlift, those, those two hinging movements. Are there other, um, you know, kettlebell things that you guys do up there that, that work well for an extreme athlete like him? I'll tell you what. Um, there's a, a movement we do that I call the uh, striker's floor press, mm-hmm. which is just a, a little different from a, a regular floor press. I think it's a little more of a, more of a natural and uh, functional movement. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that has turned out to be, I invented it uh, for soccer players. That's why it's called Striker. Cool. It's striker. Cool. Um, it has turned out to be really good for Evan. It has, uh, <laughs> it has made his, his torso really powerful, and uh, it, it's, um, it's good armor building. So and, it's um, kind of rotational power drill, or? It's not rotational. You know, if you want to go on... Uh, the Formis Function Facebook page, mm-hmm. you can see a picture of um, my student, uh, Levin St. John, doing uh, Striker's Floor Press. Okay, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah, and uh, it served Evan like really clearly well in a, a race he did last season where he all of a sudden fell flat on his back. Mm-hmm. And he bounced back up and got back on his board, I mean, in like probably one second. Wow. So that second place. And it also served him well. Evan told me about this in detail when that truck knocked him off his bike just last week. Wow. And uh, he got into that striker's floor press position. Interesting. And slid on his back down the road instead of tumbling end over end and smashing his head into the road about five times. Right. Um, You know, maybe Evan might have a little more to say about that. But a few basic lifts. (laughs) And... uh, yeah, go ahead, Evan. Yeah, um, why I laughed about it is I I feel that I've benefited from that workout almost as much as any other. Really? Um, but not as kind of, but it was for uh, uh, offensive or no, a defensive strength. Um, I 
had a couple really good falls last year on my snowboard. Because of practicing the, the floor press, I would get into a very safe uh, fetal position. My core would fire, and then my back kind of turned into, and my torso turned into, like, armor. And then that accident that was bad um, was way eliminated of how detrimental it was. Hmm. So that, that one I really like for just basically when you get collided into. God, I was, that When the truck ran me off the road, I was going like 30, 30 miles per hour and went right over the bars and slid on my back. Same thing happened. I wow. got into a full position. My core, my back, and my torso fired and turned into armor. And, uh, and it, yes, it was bad, quite bad. Um, but I got back up and I rode to class. And um, I actually have some, also some photos of all the bandages and wounds that I got from that. And I put that up on Facebook also. Wow. So definitely it's a, it's a good one to get you out of a tight pinch. So it's been, it's been battle-tested, let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and this is, you know, armor building, you know, from, from easy strength. It's something that Dan John and... Mm-hmm. Pavel Tetsulin have have taught both of us, Ron. Right, and it has it keeps proving keeps proving its worth. <laughs> well, it's just it's so great to get this the real fitness up to the surface here, and a lot yeah. of times we we see the fluff and you know watch people frustrated with this gadget and that and this program and that that don't seem to work very well. But you know we've got you know, top trainer here with Eric and one of the best athletes in the world with Evan Strong, and, and they're talking about the, the fundamentals. So if there's a message today when it comes to fitness and food, it's it's back to the fundamentals and do that really, really well before you worry about getting too complicated. So it's been a pretty good show. I think we've we've covered all our big points we wanted to talk about. Is there anything else you guys want to say? I'll, I'll make sure to hook up your websites uh, on the link when we put it up. That'd be awesome. Anything else, Eric? Um, you know what? We could probably talk for three hours, but maybe that's for another time. Okay. You know? We can always do another show. And In fact, yeah. uh, I'd look forward to that with Evan. And, and good luck at the Olympic Training Center. And we want to track your progress and and uh, want to see you on the podium in Russia for sure. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, Anybody listening to this and want to stay tuned on what my journeys are leading up to Sochi, you can go to my website, strongevan.com, and from there you can hook up into all my social media outlets like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And, yeah, uh, definitely stay active with that. If people have questions or training tips or anything that they would like to ask, they can always get a hold of me. Great. And, and Eric Kenyon is a strong first instructor, and his company is called Forum as Function, and his website is kettlebellforum.com. And your wife, Allison, is also a, an instructor helping you up there, husband and wife team. That's right. And uh, I've been following your work for years. I like what you do, and you, you take a nod at the historical stuff, so that's always exciting. And you also do the uh, Scottish Games, which is always fascinating to me. I've never seen one of those things, but I, I might have to come up with my cameras and just Absolutely. do some shooting Absolutely. one day. That looks cool, man. <laughs> it is the coolest. All right, you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot, and, and good luck at the OTC, Evan, and we'll be sure to be in touch. And I will hook you up with Kevin Rail, Strong First Primal Move Instructor in Park City, Organic Extraordinaire for the Lean Berets. Anything you need there, all you have to do is say the word.
Very cool, Ron. It was good to be on the show. All right, thanks. See you guys. Thanks, Ron. You've been listening to Lean Braves Radio Show at theleanbraves.com. Music today provided by Hot Rod Walt and the Psycho DeVilles. Until next time, keep moving. No excuses. 